It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, just real quick, Jared, let me know how it sounds now. I, I turned him down again. All right. Uh, the next slide is going to be what we were talking about last week mixed with uh, what we've done so far in the last four games. Um, and, and, and again, we're just trying to figure out like what's going on here. And I think this is what I wanted the whole episode to be about. But my mind is so scattered right now. I got to get back into it. All right. So when I was taking a look at this earlier and I put this together, um, it really was surprising. Like, you know, what What did we say? It was after we, we only had like two wins, um, which is what we're looking at here after Bertuzzi, Verana, go bye bye. Uh, the Corsi numbers that we talked about last week, 42.1%. Fenwick, 41%. Uh, your expected goals for percentage sharing those low 40 numbers at 41.9. Uh, the high danger chances at 41.3. And um, it was just just another thing, too, is just like to see per game on a five on five basis. You're expected goals for it was really tough for us to even get close to two. Um, so basically, you're ta- you're talking about the two games that are five on five play was a over a two expected goals for uh, were the games we lost five to one to the Ducks and five to one. I'm sorry, we beat the Ducks five to one and then we lost to the Bruins five to one. So one of those games, you just were not, you weren't catching up anyway, no matter how, how well you played. Um, so yeah, you get, you get lunched from giving up more chances on five on five. And you're basically praying that your, your power play is going to get you through it. But we're also talking about it at that time last week, a team that lost their two, two, two of their top goal scorers. Easy peasy. That's a problem, right? So what did we do on a five-on-five basis? Well, you can see that after we were doing 2.79, 2.23, 2.39, 2.3, 1.97, 2.32, and 2.36, I think pretty easily you can look at that and go, that's around 2.4 expected goals against per game on a five-on-five basis. We lowered that below two for the next four games. Capitals, 1.87. Islanders, 1.38. Rangers, 1.91. And Canadians, even though we lost 1.22, lowest number we, we got out there. So, folks, I think it's pretty clear. We decided, finally, let's limit the chances on either side while we're still trying to figure out things from an injury perspective. Because I brought up uh, the injuries because I wanted to kind of point out like how depleted we are. Of course, I don't, you know, the return of Verana, I, we don't even... It's nowhere There's no timeline, right? Um, but even a guy like Sonny is somebody that you're going to miss. That's where last year all we kept talking about with the injuries was how we couldn't build up chemistry, right? Like you're, you kept moving these lines around, and I think obviously we're lacking talent-wise. It was rough. Um, yeah, but well, I know that you're going to touch on it in a in a few slides. But as far as building chemistry, is I've is that part of why like we had we're so enamored of the Redwood line? Because it feels like even if even if maybe the like the deep cut analytics aren't as sexy, 
Um, it, it at least feels like we have one line with the true identity. Like that they've they've like like they are kind of developing together. They have it, it to us it feels like they have some sort of chemistry, maybe just because all their arms and legs are long. Um but is that maybe what's going on with this, Matt? The wait, you're you're saying the Redwoods are building their chemistry? Was that the line you were saying? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think I think what you built off those first couple of games too is something that, you know, uh, from like a social perspective, like it it gained a lot of ground because it's certainly gonna it's marketable and it can market itself. Uh, but I think those boys hear that and then they get excited. Like they know it's because of some production. And when you, I mean, when you're doing good in any aspect of your life, you do good at work. You're doing good playing a game. Um, you want to keep playing. You want to keep doing what you're doing. And we saw a lot of success. We at least saw guys that were putting some some better chances on net. And um, then it just kind of got thrown to hell. And and there's going to be the most struggles you're going to see this season are going to come from a guy like Elmer Soderblom, which we're going to – I want to show that highlight that he had yesterday from his uh, <laughs> late-game penalty that took away our five-minute power play. Um. But you, you like you have to expect that. And I think a lot of people were angry at Soderblom, and I honestly I, I want to look at that replay with you. Yeah, I, I I I'm still not quite sure what the penalty was on that one. Uh, other <laughs> well, than him, we'll, we'll talk about uh, it. It was definitely right, we'll interference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just his size. What's funny is is going to make those interference calls so much easier to call. But anyway. Um, what I guess uh, here's here's something too. Uh, Jared was throwing this out there, and Chewie's got it. Oh, oh, and seven on the power play. Power play was good for a couple games. Then last night happened. Absolutely. Um, and the point here is that if we can start to limit like these chances, play a tighter game, and giving up like these this this these smaller puny numbers on the expected goals side uh, against. Sorry. Uh, giving up those puny numbers on the expected goals against side, then we can let this power play thrive. And of course, last night, I mean, what did we do? We, we saw Dylan Larkin miss on a penalty shot. Just, I don't know. You know what it is too? Like, yes, the power play didn't work. And I think that should be the plan. It should be to limit the chances as much as possible and let this power play kind of get you uh, on the winning side, which kind of, I was giving the Rangers a hard time before the season started, but that's exactly that's exactly what they did last year. They knew they were going to lose the five on five battle, so they just waited and waited and waited to give their power play that chance. I think I think that's like the best way for this team to operate right now. And we talked about it before the season started. It felt like they were just like loading up the superstar power play. And I could see in the comments everybody's throwing it out there too. Um just because the power play didn't score, the control and chances haven't looked uh, this good for years. And you're right, Dan. Like, there are still chances. I, I just want to, like, this is a tip of the cap. Like, uh, I had to comment to somebody, like, uh, Dylan Larkin gave the head fake on that penalty shot. And I know we're talking penalty shot instead of power play, but this applies. He gave the fake. He still tried to create something without Allen, like, budging. On that attempt on the penalty shot. And I was like, it's still a good effort from Dylan. Um, but he just got bested. And people were mad at me that I said that. They were like, no, not a good effort from Dylan. It's like, no, he didn't score. But it's certainly he put in the effort. We've seen guys <laughs> that go out on penalty shots and just fire it between the circles. And right. then it you know, misses the net or it's an easy save for the goalie. So don't say it, it wasn't like there was no effort from Dylan Larkin. I think yesterday... We just got fucking lunched by a hell of a night from Jake Allen. And to Dan B's point, I think that's what happened because that power play did not look terrible. We had some great, great chances. Um, and it just kind of fluttered away too many times. He was just in the right spot too many times. It just was was not our night. And um, I, I don't know. I think that's going to happen. And I think if you're going to turn in all these games where you're limiting the chances but still giving your power play that – I, I think needs to be respected. I think right now with the depleted forwards, it does kind of suck that I, I think we're back 
to one power play unit. Uh, but once we can get that to two power play units again, this is this is it. Like this is where all the danger is going to come from. And it's like limit those chances, give your special teams a chance to to win it for you. Um, Jared thrown out there, Peron Kubalik, easily biggest steals in the off season, absolutely. Yeah, and I think too, that's another thing. You 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 want to get deep into this season? Sorry, Mike. With uh, with Peron. I think one of the things we thought was important was kind of limiting the five-on-five five minutes and letting Perron focus on the power play. That could be the one thing with all these injuries that we're going to overplay Perron. I'm going to push back on that because I feel like I, I'm i losing like fingers to keep track of how many times that we get um, you know, power play opportunities because of Perron's effort, um, trying to keep a play alive, trying to, even if it's not you know a, a, a scoring chance that's got a very high percentage, He's still got his body and the puck in very irritating, annoying places um, for our opponents. And I, I feel like he's he's drawing a lot of penalties. Um, so I feel like he's he's absolutely made a contribution um, you know, on the power play. But I, I feel like he's he's been uh, equally if you know more so um, important on five on five play because he's 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 been such a, an annoying presence um, offensively. So that, that's that's for me where he's really shown. I, I don't, I don't think I, I disagree. And I wouldn't say he's like the more five on five time he gets, he's like hurting us. I just think at his age, I, I want to pull back. No. Yeah. I mean, guy. he's not a, he's not a young guy, but he's, he's just made such an impact. I, I like the way that that guy is such a competitor. I don't think he would want to take nights off. You know, he wouldn't want to be uh, using the NBA load management. Um, I think he wants to be out there, you know, as much as he can be. Um, I mean, and so far he's, I feel like he's rewarded us as much as I love you yeah, and respect your opinion. He did take a day off today in practice. <laughs> well, there that goes, <laughs> but we Stop. talk about practice. We didn't talk about the games. Come on, man. Right. Well, this was, uh, this was one of my favorite plays from, uh, the past week. Oh God, there's sound. Um, but I labeled this as like Peron just does not quit. And this is right before, of course, Perron doing the pass to Kubelik in another minute there uh, for the win. But uh, holy hell, like falling down, <laughs> getting dogged by two different New York Ranger defenders. And he still almost plops this thing in the back of the net. Uh, and, and this is more to your point. Like this is annoying on offense. This is you just can't you can't get him down close enough to the ice to get him to give up on a play um, now. That happens. Mike, um, I just noticed this right now. You think maybe there's a good play back to Larkin? <laughs> Potentially. Uh, maybe a slightly better uh, shot. You know, not quite on the knees. But, you know, Pran likes shooting from his knees. He saw Larkin was still upright. He's like, ah, this is probably a better angle from down here. So let, right. me, let me fling one away here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... Um... I, I think just to stick with that point, now now is a good time as a, uh, as any uh, to go ahead and talk about that uh, that winner in New York. We like to every now and then show those. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the power play, right? This was a power play opportunity. Uh, we're talking about some Kubi rubies. Uh, we're talking about Peron. This all this all works. It's all the same play. Um, but Mike, have you ever seen? And and I I just. It felt like he was going to hold on to the puck forever, but have you ever seen a more patient play on a power play? <laughs> it's, it's, this was just insane to me. I mean, uh, if Perron's got the puck now, three, like three seconds, uh, the Rangers were just going to let Perron stand there before he gets the puck over to Kubi. Uh, it's, it's just, it's an insane, it's an insane look. It's an insanely confident power play. And uh, I think a group too that is just, Perron knew what he was doing. He has the confidence that with all this time, now I'm going to, you know, I was just teasing him a second ago for not getting the puck back to Larkin, but I, again, I'm teasing. He absolutely made the best play there. Um, yeah. No, you know what is, uh, stands out for me too is um, like the, the units. I know it was a, cause that was a four on three, wasn't it? Yeah. When uh, I feel like the Red Wings cut it, they, they do their best. Uh, with teams whose philosophy it is to kind of stand back and block. 
when we're going up against guys who put pressure on the puck, I feel like that's when our power play kind of collapses. And then we start trying to do the dump and then we don't really like maintain control. And it feels like kind of a, uh, you know, a bit of a, you know, bumper cars, you know, back to, you know, our end. And it doesn't feel like anything gets really established. So that for me felt like you, you, you almost said that it's, it's like a subconscious feeling that this is, this is going to end well for the Red Wings because of, you know, the Rangers. I know there are only three guys, but if they're not able to put pressure, that's kind of when the Red Wings are at their best power play wise. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's, it's just a lot of skill and, uh, it's experience from Perron again, leading to that pass over to Kubi. But, uh, I think Kubi's in a perfect position right now with the way they have this thing built. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we haven't gotten in, in two games now, um, my math is correct. Uh, one of those Lucas Raymond power play goals where Kubelik's been passing to Raymond right across the front of the net and finding him behind it pretty much for him to slam it home. Um, what is it? I, I'm pretty sure at this point he's got three of those power play goals. Uh, I don't have any of those replays queued up, but you guys can picture it. I mean, that play, that setup play is just, again, and where, where I was going with how well this power play is, is working is a combination, which I was going to say is the combination of the trust that these guys have in each other, the guys on the ice, but the coaches know exactly what they can do with each one of these guys. And we saw the first couple weeks we were setting up Perron like he was Ovechkin. Now we're setting up now we're setting up Lucas Raymond down low for the alley oop. I'm I'm just excited because it seems like they haven't they're not even close to using up their whole bag of tricks here. I mean, uh, think about a guy that we relied upon last year, it felt like on the power play all the time was Dylan Larkin and he was always just creating himself. And we haven't really needed to dip into that bag yet we're still setting up plays we're still using you know our quarterback to set up you know who's going to get the shot from the left or right side uh we have like two options down low because even when Kubelik's passing over to Raymond Kubelik's still got a pretty good look at at, at the net and it's kind of just like at that point is the goaltender going to decide to play Lucas Raymond or is he going to decide to play Kubelik and um I think we've seen the defense play a little bit rougher on Lucas Raymond the last couple of games too. So there might be a need for uh, maybe a little bit of a mix up if teams have figured it out. But I do at this point have the confidence, especially with what we've seen in like, I would say two big transitions uh, from this first power play unit. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm calling it the first one was Perron in the Ovi spot. And then uh, now they've, they've worked on this Lucas Raymond play. I, what thirteen games? This yeah, two different, thirteen games. Two different yep. power plays. They can go back to one of those until uh, it starts to get covered again. But I mean, it's five on four, so they can't cover everybody. And eventually, we're going to get some opportunities for our defensemen to come in a little bit closer. I don't love that, but if they're playing, if they're trying to play everybody down low, that's just a great option. And I think we have one yeah. of the best options back there. Uh, pretty accurate feller. And Mo Sider is going to start ripping them. So I'm fine with that, too. Not ideal, but no, that's but, uh, just my point. No, I'm, gl- I'm just glad you touched on uh, Lucas. And, uh, you know, in, in this series of episodes, you know, since the, the Red Wings have kind of had, you know, pretty surprising start. And then, you know, kind of that that quick little tumble. And now they've recovered. Um, how long ago it feels like uh, where people were worried that this was sophomore slump time. Uh, for Lucas and he's already now he's second on the team in goals uh, behind uh, our boy Kubi. So, yeah, uh, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think that he's uh, yeah, that play is, is getting pretty dangerous with him on that power play. Um, I think half his goals are coming off of that play. I think he's three of his five. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not concerned about that young man's career, um, especially after that power hit he had. Was that the Rangers or the Islanders game? I think you tweeted that one. Oh my God. I can't remember, but yeah, I know. What you're I didn't mean to about. put you on the spot, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's taken a lot of hits. So, uh, uh, you know, again, another spot to be, you know, really proud and excited to, uh, have him as a Red Wing is, you know, watching him dish it back, especially oh, was, for not a, not being a very huge man. That was on Barzell. So that had to be the Islanders. Um, yeah. 
Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Guys, we got uh, Wings and Canadians coming up. You want to get that $200 in free bets? If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Matt, check your Twitter notifications. Oh, God. Whenever that we get a warning like that, I'm just worried that we're going to see another weird porn bot trying to get some followers. <laughs> uh, Jared's got us all set up for the uh, the Red Wings power. We need we need a producer. That's that's what would that's our next step. I think Jared is auditioning right now. I know. And that's <laughs> producer producer Jared. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, let's blow this up here. So this, of course, nobody. I'm not surprising anybody. Um, Podcast listeners, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, this this is our setup here that we're talking about. Um, thank you so much, Jared. Uh, but we're going to see, I think Dylan, get it over to Kubi. Yep, there we go. Kubi download to Lucas. And this is where I tweeted out, man, this power play is lethal with that play. And it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is it, right? So we, we pause here. Um, if I don't know if my mouse is popping up. But what was what was the old play? Get it over to Perron. Lucas Raymond's already getting set up down low, and of course this is five on three too. But I, I like we've seen it go in a couple times on five on four, so it's not that this play is dead, but it does kind of feel like they're still able to make that space for Lucas Raymond. So Larkin looks like he's looking that way. He's got his back up in Mo Sider, but he's still going to take this sucker between the circles. And uh, the first thing he does, I mean, this is great. What did I say? Like, Kubi's got the puck. Look at how much space. Look at this replay. Look at how much space and net is open for him right now. Um, it's almost irresponsible of him <laughs> to take the shot. But this is like how many, with the way this power play is working, with the tools that they have available to them, the coaching staff to put this together. And uh, this is our boy, uh, Alex Changi. Uh, I always got in trouble for saying Tungay last year. Um, <laughs> that's our play. And, and I would still say too, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we got a huge commitment from the goaltender um, on Kubi. Like the huge move came after. Yeah. So Kubi holds onto the puck for a second. Now the goalie's got the whole net blocked. Yeah. And what did Kubi do? He just gave Lucas Raymond a wide open net. Especially um, for a, a team that doesn't, we don't have a ton of goal scorers. So, I mean, for Kubelik to like be in that position and not be the guy to try and fire one, um, I mean, kind of says a lot about, you know, who he is as a hockey player. Uh, so that yeah, it's, it's, I, I could definitely see a selfish opportunity and it, it wouldn't be that selfish because he, he was in a pretty good spot when he first got the puck, but right. man, what a great decision to uh, just give it another second and find Lucas uh, lurking um you know by his uh, his office over there the uwm marker on the ice <laughs> <laughs> and as much as it it sucks to say it but i you know we're glad we got kubi away from chicago but he did get to watch one of you know one of the best um yes, forwards in, in the nhl so this is just something too where he knows like if he can make the space which uh which player can, is that Matt? he can trust <clears throat> he can trust lucas raymond to finish off this play which comes back to my whole point of these guys was it, building. Was it Undertaker or that's gotta be Kane? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these guys are building that chemistry chemistry, they're building that trust in each other, and I think that's ultimately gonna make this power play that much better. Cause like like think about when we like last year's roster. Could you could you say um I mean obviously Lucas Raymond was on the team last year. He wasn't having a Kubelik pass to him. He wasn't having a power play master like Peron. 
uh, as like a backup option, like confusing the defense, making them try and figure out what the hell should I do? Can I can I point out too? Look at the look at Perron calling for the puck. Another one like this. This power play setup is so nasty. You've got another chance available for Perron too. I'm sorry. Yep. I am just floored by this. Jared, you're the you're the goddamn man uh, for pointing this out. And we absolutely need a producer for this show. So, uh, Jared, you want to sign up? You can be the man to pull up our highlights that we can talk about. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is this is just lethal. We all know it. And to to the point of like our previous slides where we were talking about. Um, what happened that worked out was limiting those chances and letting the power play win some of these games for you. Um, <laughs> that's it. And it just so happened. Like we talked about, we got, I don't know. I don't know how to put it when, when you just have a brick wall that you're throwing pucks at, cause you're not like getting run out of town, but uh, you're certainly running into a brick wall and it's, it's not fun and it hurts. Um, another issue, Mike, it- for us to talk about, for us to dissect here. Are you going to go into Ned? Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, I I know. I uh, I don't know if I don't know how we're going to figure this out because last season last season our theory was he was just playing too much and even nights where he needed a blow. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Grice would come in and he'd have to get immediately pulled. So you know that would happen. Then if Alex was having a bad game, you put Grice in, um, and then you. He, he would perform so badly. You'd have to bring Ned back into the game that he got pulled from. So now this season, uh, Huso is playing out of his mind. Um, and he's, he's quickly endearing himself to Detroit Red Wing fans. Um, my God, Matt, he looks like he's, you know, trying to be an all-star. Uh, he looks, looks that good. And, uh, Matt, I, I, I don't know what the excuses, uh, the excuses may be just that he's a human being. Um, and how fair would it be for us to have two goalies that are just playing out of their mind at the exact same time? Probably not very fair. Um, so maybe we cut them a little slack. I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, he came back and had a great game versus the Rangers. Uh, I think right now we're pretty much telling ourselves that Ned is our backup goalie. Uh, I think we're all on board with that right now. Um, but we, we do like, Right. Like the expected goals against was uh, was getting a little bit higher. But I guess, you know, now that I look at this, what were, what were we talking about? Like two and a half goals and four games played for Ned. That's twelve point seven one. Five games played for Vili Huso. Fourteen point five. Fourteen point nine nine. Yeah, over <laughs> four and five games. It's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, expected goals against per game. Uh, so the, the you know, the argument was the. Uh, Way more chances. And I was actually just about to sit here and make that point until I'm looking at the statistics. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, you don't want to just compare Ned and Huso. That's not necessarily what I wanted to do here. But um, it is pretty wild. Like, the eyeball test tells you that there are juicier chances uh, falling. Uh, I, I guess they're not falling at the feet of Nedeljkovic because they're blown right past him. Um but it, it has to be it has to be a shared right conversation here. It's bad defense in front of Ned, but you don't just you don't just have a negative seven point four five goals saved above expected uh, after four games, right? Like that that just doesn't happen. It, and the Rangers game here, like we we loved Ned's play. Like all right, comeback game for Ned. His goals saved above expected was. 0.03. So he's, he's basically just right on par. The expected goals against was 2.03. Gave up two goals. He's right there. We're we're that's what we expect from you, Ned. Um so it's 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 tough to judge, but it definitely we don't have to say like Ned's done or Ned's cooked, but those games that were rough, there were a couple of goals he could have gotten back, despite the defense being terrible, which we're gonna talk about in a second. But I think it's I think it's fair to say that when they were tightening this defense up, it's a little, a little bit easier for Ned, right? We're not going into the close to threes and then also having to play the Rangers power play. Uh, we're limiting everything here to two point zero three. So it's uh it's nice, nice and easy to stomach there. Yeah, for it's um it's tough because you know. 
at times last year too, the other thing we could lean on besides that weird goalie flip-flop was is the defense really there? Are the forwards able to defend? And one thing that Lalone has really touched on this season is how proud he is of the team of um I met you could almost make the argument to the detriment of the health of the team, um, is how many shots we're blocking. Um, you know, like everybody's been willing to uh take bumps, um, you know, to try and keep pucks away. So, like with how well Huso's playing, um, uh, with this seemingly team-wide commitment uh for everybody to just take pucks off their faces and clavicles and forearms, uh, you know, for the, you know, just, uh, just to stop one shot. Um, yeah, it's just gotta be, you know, Ned's just having kind of a cold streak because I, I do feel like the, the philosophical change that Lalone has brought has, has benefited the rest of the team for the most part. Yeah. And, uh, everybody's kind of in lockstep with these, uh, with your thoughts there. Um, like clomp sauce, Clap, I hope it's starting to come together for you as a first-time live listener. Uh, Ned had a flat team start in front of him and consecutive starts. He needs to play better, but it's not all on him. Absolutely. Uh, Casey coming in. Ned and Huso are a solid tandem. Some people need to realize that a loss is a team loss. Uh, Johnny Pete. Johnny, you said you were leaving. Damn it. Uh, D has been horrible up in front of him up until that Rangers game. Um and uh, I like Jared throwing out there. Fans got used to blaming Grice or even Howard back in the day. And um, I think that's where we could transition, where some of the blame goes to Ned. But like we said, I, I like the way who uh, who said flat. Uh, Clomp Sauce said it was flat. Um, what do we want to do here? Uh, just absolute shite. How about this one? Um, let's give you guys comparison sake, right? Uh, these are uh, from Evolving Hockey. We have our Rampum charts here. So what you're looking at, for anybody new to the show, because we've shared these before, uh, you have your goals for per 60, expected goals for per 60, Corsi for expected goals against, and Corsi against per 60. You got two bars. They could go up and they're blue. The deeper, darker blue, the better. That means that they're doing better compared across the NHL to... Uh, there are other counterparts and the pink, orange, salmony into red, deep red means you're doing bad. Stinky poo poo. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Yeah. Bench rot. It's kind of what kind of what we knew was coming. <laughs> um, but of course, he's held up by Mo Sider on his right. Olimata, of course, we just listened to Max last week talk about what a, a you know say a steal. lot of nice things about him. Yeah, yeah, what a steal Olimata was. Um, he's just kind of fallen short on uh, the only, his chances that his team's putting out there uh, when he's on the ice. But Philip Ronick, of course, helping him catch up. Then you look at the third pairing, and it's just hot garbage everywhere you look. There isn't Ooh. the pickup man. There isn't like the bright spots where Olimata is in the top half of the league in regards to any defensive analytics, along with Heronic. So that second pairing, really, you look at the balance, it's really our best pairing right now. Sider's really dragging Sherrod up and down the ice for Sherrod to be physical. So he still he serves that purpose. Like, let's drag him up and down the ice for somebody to be physical. But still, I mean, you could you could see it so far early in the season. But it's that third pairing. And um, to everyone's point, you know, a loss is a team's loss. Uh, but when you're trying to figure out some spots right now where there's still struggles, even when we get seven points out of eight, a possible eight points in four games, there are some spots that we could upgrade here, Mike. Um, now, I'm not saying that that we need to upgrade any of it right now. Could be coaching could upgrade this thing. Could be just uh, Mark Pissick in January coming aboard. But what I, I guess what I want to say is that this team is doing so great and there are spots like this that obviously could use some improvement. So I kind of wanted to paint this awful dog shit third pairing as like a positive. Mike, there's an obvious space where we could upgrade. An obvious space that we can trade for somebody and try and make it look a little bit better. There's a space where we could move guys around and try and fix this by having somebody else play with Ronick or somebody else play with Cider. 
and we've got options. And I, damn it all to hell, we're doing pretty good right now. We're in second place in the division, but I know, I, I know all of us, if we're completely honest, we know it's going to be tough to hold on to that spot with our team. But even with something like this, we've been able to hang on to that spot. Uh, Dan B pointing out, of course, Wallman, who actually was fantastic on the third pairing uh, last season. Uh, you know what? I'm, there's a little bit of hype, uh, hyperbole there. Um, not fantastic, but definitely served his purpose. So Casey thrown out there. I've never been sold on Lindstrom. The effort is there, but I think where Casey's going, he says, Jesus, um, and trails off. But I think yeah. Casey, where you wanted to go with that, it's just like some of that decision-making, um, the efforts there. And I think we see it because he's, he's, in the, he's made the wrong decision. He's in the wrong spot. He's uh, making the wrong choice. Um, so we see him trying to catch up to it. I will say, Casey, um, what I see is a lot of standing around when Lindstrom's out there, almost like he's trying to figure it out. Uh, and Johnny, of course, we have an option down in Grand Rapids, which oh. Mike, oh, I hope I didn't just steal that from you. I just stole that from you. No, I think you um, no the thing is, uh, like, these guys have been so bad, and I'm sorry I'm under the weather. These guys have been so bad. There was a, a point in um, that third period against the Rangers where it felt like Cider played the entire 20 minutes, and that's because Lalone kept trying to, like, keep him out there for a lot of short shifts. So it's like he was setting him up for, like, a playoff game, uh, you know, in a, in a meaningless, it's a relatively meaningless regular season game because it was tight against a good team, and he wanted to, you know, he wanted to win. But these guys have been so bad. Like, you can't just, you know, I, I know that there's some sort of right staggering, like you want your best defenseman out against the top lines. But because you've had to, like, babysit that third line so much, like third pairing so much, you 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 can't comfortably, like, rotate guys like I think you would want to. Um, so this is, this is such a spot that screams for some sort of upgrade. And I, I mean, at this point, almost any warm body would be an upgrade. And Casey thrown in there so many times. Um, was that for uh, um, Lindstrom just standing there with a point blank shot? Yeah, and it goes in our net. Um, yeah, it's it has not been super great. Um, I I don't know if we're gonna see Simon. I I don't I don't know if we're gonna see Simon the Pyman probably for a couple months. Uh, I don't know. It Max, who's there every day. Um, it talks to the coaches, made it seem pretty bleak that they want Simon to basically play all the, you know, power play, penalty kill and do like 20-ish minutes a night for Beer City and Grand Rapids. And Dan B echoing that thought. No, leave him in Grand Rapids. Yep. Uh, he needs to play a lot of minutes, not third pair. Uh, but Dan, arguably our defense is, uh, you know, it's been Mata, it's been Cider. Veronic to an extent, I think he could very quickly get a lot of minutes. So it's not like these guys have, yeah. uh, you know, outside of Mo and, and Mata have really, uh, you know, cemented their status, um, you know, minutes wise. I would say, I would say too, I made the comment that that second pair arguably is our most balanced right now, uh, at least based on the analytics, but none of these guys need to stay together for the full season. So if Edmondson comes up, that doesn't necessarily mean he has to be on the third pair. I think Ben Sherrod has made a great case to get moved down to the third pair so far. <laughs> um, there was, uh, oh, and Craig threw out there too. Cider's playing 27 minutes. Uh, if we're looking to get somebody else some minutes, I think, you know, we could, we could pull some away from Mo. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what Craig's point was, but um, I did need to point out to, Clampsauce wanted to know if I said hyperbole on purpose. Uh, of course, I'm stealing from um, Brian Regan. Yeah, Brian Regan. Uh, his old comedy show, his comedy yeah, special. It was called the Epitome, Epitome, of, Epitome hyperbole. of Hyperbole, which yeah. I think is one of the greatest comedy show special titles of all time. Of course, it's yeah. the epitome of hyperbole. Uh, yeah. It's just... Uh, had to, had to throw that out there before Clamp Sauce was like, wow, these guys don't even know how to read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clamp, I hope we're getting a subscription and a like from you. And anybody else watching, too, I, I'd, I'd love some free likes right now. Uh, that's going to make me feel better after the show start. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think 
there, it's an obvious place to upgrade. It's not anything I'm getting too upset because it's not like we're shelling out for these guys. It's not like we're looking at a huge contract that just seems to be a waste. And I will, God, Mike, I, I know people said that Sherratt was an overpay. I still don't like that. I, I, even with this, I, we see exactly what we wanted from Ben. We see a physical guy out there. Of course, that's going to complement more most Sider's game. Uh, so I'm, and I don't, in any way, feel like that was a waste of a contract, uh, at least at this point. Um, so I just don't want anybody to think I'm being, I don't know, like side-eyeing this comment. But also, these guys are not eating up any money. So this is just probably like a matter of No, and I, and I mean, I, you know, before you badmouth it too much, you know, it was you know, <laughs> too, too big of a contract, right? The guy who signed it also, you know, got Perron and Kubi and Buso. And so, I mean, you know, maybe that's his one... You know, uh, a little bit like the the Brooklyn Nets getting Durant, but they also had to get like DeAndre Jordan. So it's like, oh man, well it is Durant. All right, come on. So you know that that was similar. If I'm the only one watching basketball on the show. That's okay. <laughs> um, but Matt, you you teased me earlier in the episode um, the reunion of the Redwoods, and we have not touched upon um, what I what I am heartbreakingly ready to to view. Um, probably some not flattering statistics here for my boy. Just well, try not to massacre him too much, man. Well, we've got the first two lines up. Of course, right now it's kind of confusing because I've got Pew Suter with Larkin and Lucas Raymond. Yeah, it's not the color me confused. Uh, what are you doing there, Pews? <laughs> well, that's that's what we're doing to fill out. Mike, we've got an we've got to ice a team. If I could steal from our general managers, Mister Y, yeah. Uh, so we're, I don't, we don't need to worry about that. It's Pew Suter. He'll be there. He'll be gone. It sounds like next Tuesday. Uh, not that he's having a bad go at it. Look at those expected goals again. Or, uh, yeah, the expected goals against per 60. Looking, looking pretty good. Good defensive play there. Dylan Larkin, of course, nice and balanced. Everything pretty, pretty close to the middle there. And of course the goals four per 60 is shooting through the roof. Power plays. Awesome. You look down on the second line. Um, Andrew Cop, not so great. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean he. Yeah, we're gonna. I think we could still go on the, uh, you know, on the defensive for him because he, you know, was still coming back from injury and he missed all the camp, and so this is basically he's doing a live camp uh, with live bullets out there. So I'm, 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 <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm okay excusing that. Yeah, and I we've seen. I think we've seen the glimpses start to come together too, which definitely lends to your point of him going through camp right now. And uh, I would say Peron and Kublik doing exactly what we talked about when we picked him up. Um, so uh, for everybody uh, watching on YouTube, the power play numbers are on the <laughs> excuse me right hand side uh, for each one of these players, and uh, yeah. you know the five on five numbers are on the left hand side. Um, Peron's power play numbers are insane. Kublik's power play numbers are insane. I've got one of those. I've got one in the back of my nostril and there we it's go. Tickling away. There right. it is. But, uh, yeah. Here's your third line, Mike. Um, oh shoot. Yeah. I didn't, I put this together with how the lines are set up right now. So you just, just go ahead in your mind and pick up Soderblom and, Put him where Adam Ernie is. But in practice today, it was Adam Ernie, Rasmussen, and Sundquist. Uh, so just so you guys know, that's where that's coming from. Uh, Soderblom. Can I just say, it's not the best. Power play stinky poo-poo. And we saw quite the power play move yesterday. But it's all pretty close to the middle. And the expected right. goals against per 60 is your your positive blue cube. <laughs> not, not yet a rectangle. It's still a cube. Um, on the evolving hockey charts here for Soderblom. So things are going well, giving up chances while he's on the ice. So that tells you that while he's on the ice, his line is able to control the other team from a defensive perspective. The number of chances is still not great. And uh, the number that they're giving up and the number they're putting on net, not great. Goals for also not great. But it's not so bad because we're yeah, talking about a rookie. I yeah, so yeah, go say, ahead. A twenty-one-year-old guy, um, right. which I'm still willing to defend, even if he does get weird phantom uh, penalties. That I, I mean, you use the word interference. I <laughs> called it exist. 
can't help but exist sometimes on the ice. And I, I don't think it should be a penalty if someone crashes into him, man. Um, I don't know how he became uh, the Shaquille O'Neal of the NHL. Just gets a penalty for being large. Uh, but therein uh, lies the evidence. I think Matt has the video queued up. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you're talking about was what I tweeted. Is was uh, So what? A guy can't be a tree now? Um, but yeah, that's clearly... He, he did not do a good job acting there, which is... One of the things the Red Wings have been known for since uh, the Mike ba- Mike Babcock he's, uh, era. That, uh, he's just trying to stay on sides, man. I don't know what uh, what's the big deal. <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I don't see the big deal, man. I, I think he he just he took a break before he took another stride, and a guy crashed into him. I don't know if that should be a penalty. Come on. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. He was just making sure puck was getting in. That just so had. So he's yeah, catching he's catching his breath at the blue line, and this, so now that's two minutes, I guess. This is a rookie mistake if I've ever seen one. Like, right, you get you get another year of experience under your belt, and you can do that and keep moving. Problem is stopped. You gotta you gotta make it look like you're you're on your way to somewhere, not just crashing into some guy. Um, I do kind of like uh, Dan B's comment here. Elmer Elmer's gonna need to hit the weight room. Um, man, he got clobbered um, in that Montreal game. And the rough part for Soderblom too, when he gets knocked down and this one was like around the net and they, they basically just dogged him out of the way. Like, Nope, you're not getting a shot to put this one away. Uh, it took him. Holy mackerel. Did it take Soderblom forever to get back in the play? And <laughs> that is something we have to keep an eye out for because when he is moving and Max didn't talk about this on our show, but I heard him talk about it on the athletic podcast. He was telling Corey Pronman, like, you can't give Soderblom a low grade for skating because even though it looks slow, he's so big that a couple of strides go just as fast as the rest of the NHL. Right. But he's got to get up to that point where he's able to get those couple of strides, which I do think is slowed down by the size of his body. So Dan B's right. He's got to find a way to keep himself on his two feet. But, um, that could be something we really got to watch out for in his development is, um, well, yeah, these, these mistakes can't happen. Right. Um, you, you keep calling him a, a mistake, man. He's, he's just existing over there. No, uh, no. Um, don't do that when it's two to two and we have a five minute power play. That's going to run out the rest of the game. Unless of course we, Oh no, 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 no. We would have gotten those five minutes. Anyway, we could have just kept racking them up. It was a five minute major, but, um, yeah. Oops. Oops. Thanks a lot, Elmer. No, I'm <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm kind of just at this point saying these are the things we got to look out for for Elmer. Um All right, what else what else is there? What else, uh, we got uh we got this we could talk about. Oh yeah. Um Is that right? Um, Why does this not look right? Uh, no, that's right. Oh, yeah, you got yeah, Rangers yeah. coming uh, up, Rangers, and then Kings, yeah, and then uh, the triumphant return of Bertuzzi um, on the 15th. Right. Definitely not the 12th, but the 15th for sure. Um, <laughs> so so what are we looking at here? Um, do we get back? Are, are we winning? Are we winning two games against New York to start the season? That's a lot. Essentially across like, the media, Stanley Cup contender. That's uh, that's a lot of wins against uh, a team, uh, yeah, predicted to be pretty pretty high up there. I I would think the Rangers want to do get a little revenge, uh, but uh, I I don't know. This team has played really well at home, and uh, I I I would not be shocked to see a, a Detroit Red Wing win. Um, yeah. This is, I think we need this win though because we have uh, not in recent history done super well. Um, you know traveling out to Los Angeles. So uh, I could very easily see an 0 for 4 streak um, coming up on the road here. <laughs> but uh, No. Um, Columbus blows. Uh, I Okay. I, I'll, I'll let you push back on that one, but California has not, not been super generous to us. I, I mean, now it could be. Like, they these these are teams we're, we're not expecting to see. Uh, I mean... LA playoff team last year, Anaheim and San Jose suck. So I, I if we're gonna if we're gonna turn that around, it's this year. 
I was actually going to make the point, if we could get through New York, you've got one of the easiest looking schedules all the way into December uh, with the Kings, Anaheim, San Jose, Columbus, Nashville, Arizona, eh, Toronto. That'll be know, oh, eight to nothing. And go. then, uh, you know, but, so yeah, Toronto and Buffalo is tough, but you've got this little chunk in the middle of November here. If you are walking into this chunk of games, at four zero and one, yeah. I mean, you're you're legit looking at the possibility of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten zero and one. Those those are very winnable games. I just okay. I guess uh, I'll just put it this way: if we find a way to get like, you know, this road trip, I you know, I I feel like the Rangers probably got to yeah. even this up a little bit. If we get like six points out of that road trip, my God, Matt, this is actually going to be a playoff team. I mean, yeah, right. We got to get to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, there's some get, real cup, there's playoff. some real cupcakes coming up, and I, I, if you go six six out of out of eight, I, I okay, I'm in. I guess we're getting playoff tickets, and we'll start you know paying attention when they flash that number on uh, Bally Sports because that that would be an incredible. Of, like accomplishment, I think, for this young team with tons of injuries. That's the face I'd be making. Um. All right. So Mike said uh, he's got to run. Uh. So we're we're gonna we give we're giving you guys an hour here. Um. We still got to touch on Ryan Reynolds next time, but I think we're gonna wait for some more details. Oh, do you want do you want to hit up? No, because I I want to give that a little bit more time, and I, I that should probably be a longer segment. But I, I will just say to tease our conversation, I don't know if I could root against a Ryan Reynolds owned hockey team. That sounds like fun. <laughs> this is what this league needs so badly. So badly. Uh, yes. Uh, Jared Newsy thrown out like there. Gru? Anyone else think Newsy looks like Gru? I think I like a hundred, hundred percent. I, so Uncle, Uncle Fester, Fester yeah. Gru, um, there's got to be one more in there. Um, I, I, I mean, he just hits the first two so well, and I'm sure he's heard it his entire life. So I, I, I we'd have to think of an original one for him. We'll, we'll have to workshop that a little bit. Another thing too, Crimson Shadow brings this up as the last comment, and I promise we're going to go after this, Mike. Uh, I know you really got to go. Seattle's the fourth best team right now. That is nuts to see, and I like we're on top of Toronto right now in the standings. This is such a weird point uh, for the NHL standings right now. I, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I think Buffalo came back down considerably, but it was one of those things. Like they were at the top. I, I don't know. We, I just don't know what to make of this season so far. Uh, but it's exciting right now. I hope you guys had fun. Sorry the audio is such crap at the start. Uh, but uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, talking about a couple more wins, and uh, we'll see we'll see if we could go. Uh, yeah, some uh, <laughs> some new ownership in uh, Ottawa. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Silver. We barely heard from you. Good night, Silver. Dan B. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you, Dan. Crimson, have a nice night. Yeah, if you guys have a second, hit that like button. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on all those podcast things. All right, see you guys.